would relationships for many people be so different if they created boundaries? Yep. If they said, this is the line, this is what I will accept, this is the expectation that I, I want to go into this relationship having. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you do that, it creates a healthy relationship and it establishes communication uh, in its clearest form as being the foundation and the baseline for the relationship. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. Nice to meet you, Eddie. (laughs) Nice to meet you too. What episode is this? This is episode number 68 of the Push Podcast. The special number 68. Almost to 70. Yeah. There's a couple of fantastic things that have happened with the number 68. All right, let's hear it. And you can't think of one. (laughs) The 68 reasons why this podcast is awesome. 68 and I owe you one. (laughs) Speaking of... What's that? This podcast being awesome and there being 68 reasons, I want to encourage you guys to please leave us a review. We are so close to 300 reviews, 300 five-star reviews. So if you're going to leave a one-star review, just skip past this. Don't (laughs) don't do that. But if you are a regular listener, I'm just going to beg you to please take some time and it'll take you 30 seconds. Just say something nice, something uh, that was a takeaway, something that you got from this. I know people are busy and people asking you to take the time to write a review about their business (laughs) or their podcast. I understand that that helps us, but it also helps us continue to create. And yeah, everybody yeah. needs some encouragement every now and then, but this isn't for you to say nice things about us so we can feel great. It's for you to say either thank you or, hey, I got something out of this because it helps us know that we're on the right track, right? It's a yeah. little bit of validation, yeah. I guess. And also, I think uh, when people see other reviews, they're encouraged to listen. And so we want more listeners. Uh, if you got anything from this podcast, if you think this podcast was of anything of value and you have not done a review yet, or maybe you have, do a review, that's how say you something nice. That's how you show love. And that's how you show love. But also that's how other people are encouraged to listen to it too, because mm-hmm. they see other reviews. So well, let uh, me put we it in a different way. You do a lot of cool shit every day, <laughs> whether you're momming, whether you're running your business and you hope and wish that someone would recognize you just to give you a little note of confidence to know that you're moving in the right direction. These happen to actually help us though. With our algorithm, it gets us exposed to more viewers who we could potentially be helping. So we help you. If you get something, you help us. You write a review. It gives us access to be able to help other people. So that's my two-second spiel. And there you go. So today I asked Eddie, I said, um, he goes, we got to get more reviews. Like, I just don't understand. Like, why does it take, why, why is it so hard for people to write reviews? And I said, what? He said, do you normally leave reviews? 
And he's like, nope. <laughs> so you're going to start leaving reviews. Well, yeah. I, I told you, I said, anytime my apps, whatever apps I have, mm-hmm. say, hey, what do you think about this this app? I always do five star. And well, I there just, you go. And so I keep you it do, moving. You do, do write reviews. I do reviews, yeah. I only write five-star Yelp reviews. I don't yeah. write one-star Yelp reviews. And there you go. And so I th- think there's a special place in hell for people that write <laughs> one-star Yelp reviews, especially during COVID. Not right. cool. Don't yeah. Not cool, people. Don't do it. Well, this episode's coming out, I think, what, December 22nd? 22nd. A few days away from Feliz Christmas, Navidad. if you do that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think what is... Uh, interesting about this year is will people stay home like Mm -hmm. right now we're sitting here we got a lot of stuff going on hospital beds all the different things that you know based on the fact that think it's serious but based on you know people gathering for uh for thanksgiving Mm -hmm. what are people going to do for christmas what do you think i don't know christmas is one of those holidays shouldn't you want to stay home i mean we talked about this in a previous episode when we talked about the holidays last year was about like the rule that I had when we had small kids was we're not traveling. Like right. we're just not. So in order to avoid that, we have to invite everyone and their mother to come spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with us. Right. right? And I think so the reason why I say that is because what's interesting, what this episode is all about, which we're gonna we're gonna get into, is about boundaries, mm. right? It's about setting expectations. And so everyone is, you know, some people are doing uh, social distancing Mm -hmm. uh, type of connections and connecting with people, whether it be Zooms or maybe they're going to an outside venue and and, and keeping space. But I think what happens is, is that family and friends, they want to come over, they want to gather. And I think people have a tough time setting the boundary, Mm -hmm. saying no. Because you'll feel bad and you'll you'll feel bad, the odd man out. There's a certain level of guilt you take Mm -hmm. on and all those different things. And so I think that, which is so relevant to what we're going to talk about today, is that I think that what we have is that we have a situation where people probably don't want to gather, but they have a difficult time setting boundaries. Mm. And they have a difficult time saying hey, this is the expectation for my house. If you're going to come, you're going to wear a mask and you're going to you know, wash your hands. You're going to take your shoes off, whatever. It's going to be gonna outdoors. Our all those different things. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's uh, it's unusual for people to set those types of boundaries, especially to, for people they care about. I appreciate people that set boundaries. I'm a big boundary person. So I think I like rules. Yeah. And I think, so one of the things that would kind of spark this we had uh, an individual come over. His name is Mike. What's Mike's last name? Mike Eckenberg. Mike Eckenberg came over and he is He's a- He's from MD Designs. Yes. And he is a woodsman, right? Or a wood maker. A wood maker? Is uh-huh. that what it is? Mike Eckenberg. A wood engineer? No, he's a wood maker. A wood maker. Well, yeah. the wood is already made. He like, he, he like manipulates it. He's a furniture designer. <laughs> he's helping us with cabinets. So- <laughs> He's uh, taking over my cabinet project. That's a whole nother what in the world. And he's also helping to build a library in our office. So if you need some woodwork done, go to MG Woodworks on Instagram and tell Mike that we sent you. And I got to tell you, so off topic a little bit, and we'll get mm-hmm. into why Mike is so significant to this episode, but what energy and that he brought, like selling his product, like selling yeah. his services, like some people... Like one of the things that we've gone through, and we've talked about the the remodel on the podcast quite often, but 
when we were getting with contractors and trying to figure out who we were going to have as a contractor and who we trusted, mm -hmm. no one was selling us. No, no one was like painting a picture, like giving up, giving us a strong suggestion mm -hmm. about, hey, this is what I think you should do. Mm -hmm. Giving us anything that we can latch on and say, oh, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. It was everything was coming from you saying, okay, well, I want to do this. And they're like, okay, yeah, if you want to do that. I was so disappointed <laughs> in every contractor that we auditioned, I'll right. say, right? Because we teach business owners how to be a reflection of the business that, that they hope to have, right? right. And at, ironically, um, Passion to Profit, we're in week seven, and it's all about sales. And one of our mantras is always be closing. One of the always. biggest things that people, where they go wrong when it comes to business and sales is they don't ask for the damn sale, so I, I interviewed probably 15 different contractors. Not one of them asked for the sale. Not one of them said, you know what? I like your vision, but here's what we can do in addition to that. You know, right. how does that sound to you? Like, get me all pumped up and like, oh God, I got to have this guy. He's got great vision or girl, but there were no girl contractors, right? And so um, that was sadly disappointing. And right. so I went with the guy that seemed to vibe with me the most and basically said, okay, can I give you some money to start? Like, I hate when people don't ask me for my money. Yeah. Ask for my damn money. Like, ask I want you sale. to earn my sale, right? Yeah, and I think also, like, they didn't have any enthusiasm. Nope. Like, it wasn't like they were like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, I can see where you want to go with this. This is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I did for another client is I did this, I yeah. did this, I did mm -hmm. this. And Show me how you solved problems and for someone And that's what else. Mike did. He was like, oh, let me tell you what I did with my own other clients. We right. did this. Let mm -hmm. me show this. Let me find this photo right. so I can give you some uh, ideas. And then he was like, I would like to see, like, even though you had some ideas, mm -hmm. he was like, I think I would like to see this. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, okay, I did and that. And Eddie just got sucked in. And I don't know if you saw, <laughs> but at one point I kind of like bowed down and backed out because I already interacted with him last week and he got me for 3,500 bucks, right? <laughs> and I was to totally fine with it. I was just like, yeah, he earned that. I'm going to buy that, right? Right, right. And so you had asked me, how much did you pay for that? I told you and you were like, ooh, right? <sighs> right? But he came over today and when you guys started engaging about shelves for the office, I watched you get sucked in and I was like, oh, I love this. I just want to see. And at one point I stopped Mike and I said, I got to tell you, I'm really proud of you right now. Yeah. Like, keep going. Okay, let's go. And Eddie gobbles up Instagram uh, ads, you guys. So if you put something in front of Eddie's face and it just seems like you're halfway excited about it, oh, he's going to buy that shit. He <laughs> well, is. here's the thing. True facts. I, I, That's I my love, one in the world. I love sales, mm -hmm. right? The I, art of sales. I, I, the art of sales. I would say that I'm a pretty good salesperson. Mm -hmm. I can sell pretty much anything. Right. And so I think many salespeople are easily sold. I would say we... Salespeople who like to sell like we do, we're more intrigued by your process. We like to watch it unfold, and it 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 gets me excited. Yeah, yeah. I I'm think like, you, oh yeah, I gets, like where this is going. Yeah, I like Keep where going. this is going. I want to see what you do with this. Excited, right? <laughs> I, I want to buy it. Whatever it is. So like I, I, you today, know, Mike made another sale. Here's why this is he important. Got he said, "Oh, I, my other client, I built a library." I was like, "You built a library? What?" Yeah. We need that. Okay. So here's why Mike's important. Last week when he came over, you know, we were supposed to have a quick measurement kind of thing. Uh, Kayla, when he left, Kayla goes, how long was that guy here? <laughs> and he just, you know, he had great questions. He right. said that him and his fiance had been following our renovation. They love the ideas and the stuff that we use. So, you know, he's asking great questions. Of course, you want to show off your house. So it turned into some, a cool conversation. 
And then it was, he had followed from the cake mamas and like started asking about business, talked to me about one of his big fears, which I'm going to put out there is like getting in front of the camera and representing mm. his business, right? Oh, he you could get talk that, like, like crazy, but right. I said, there's no difference. Like, no. and by the way, that's not something you could die from. You'll get better every time. So I gave him some pointers and it was a long conversation. Today he comes back and meets Eddie and, you know, he's got a great, he's got great conversation. So right. we're talking. And at one point he says, I really like your guys' vibe. You remind me a lot of my fiance, right? She's, she doesn't let anything go. Like she notices, she calls me out on things. Like if I had an ego before, damn sure don't now know now, or I damn sure don't now. Right. Yeah. He and said he just got, he got a shirt that she would not let it him. It said all work, no luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he got it from an Instagram I thought ad. it said no luck, all work. I don't know. One of the two. All work, no luck. <laughs> no luck, all work. I, no luck, all work. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Anyways, he gets this shirt from an Instagram ad. He said it pumped him up. He gets the shirt and his fiance starts messing with him. Like he's sitting there at his just desk typing. Him. And she goes, all work, no luck. And just like leaves the room. And so he hates the shirt now because she ruined it for him. But. They sound like a fun couple, right. right? So he starts explaining like how she got him. And I don't even know if she knows. So if she's listening, then this is a fun treat for you. But he told us his words, my interpretation of his words. Okay. Were he said, she literally had a conversation with me one night and she drew a line in the sand and she said, this is the line tonight. This is when it starts. I'm on this side. I like you. If you're going to be on this side with me, here's how it's going to go down. If you're not, if you're still seeing other people, if you've got other things going on, stay on that side of the line. Yeah. But you have a decision to make. And yeah. he said he was like, I'm fucking in. Right. <laughs> so not only did he go home and send text messages to all the chicks that he was talking to, anybody who was on the fence, he said he woke up pumped, ready to be on the other side of the line with her the next day. And he said he decided that wasn't even enough. So he changed his damn phone number. Yeah. And I was like, way too commit. Well, it, it, and it was the great thing was he said, I was dropping her off and we had been, you know, kind of dating, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she got, he said she got out of the car mm -hmm. and basically dragged her leg across the concrete mm -hmm. and said, this is the line. Mm -hmm. You need to pick what side you're on the line mm -hmm. because I'm starting to like you. Right. And I thought I was so inspired by that mm -hmm. because I thought to myself, Wow, like one, what like amazing situation where someone says this is the boundary. Breaking news. I just got confirmation. Her name is Heather. Heather. Okay, there All you right. go. So Heather, so Heather drew a line with her. Drew foot. a line and created an expectation of the relationship right then and there mm -hmm. and created this boundary. And I think that when I started to think about it and we started talking about it, it's like, man, would relationships for many people be so different? If they created boundaries, yep. if they said, this is the line, this is what I will accept, this is the expectation that I, I want to go into this relationship having. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you do that, it creates a healthy relationship and it establishes communication uh, in its clearest form as being the foundation and the baseline for the relationship. And I think we've, I think we've mentioned it before where we talked about T.I., 
and, and T.I. and, and Tiny. And so T.I. is a rapper for those that don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> um, apparently, he in the middle of their marriage, they have children. He went away to jail for something, came back and her version of the story when they were on the Red Table Talk talking about it. She said, we went through rocky times when he came back because when he came back, he wasn't used to me running things. You right. know, I was running things. I was taking care of the kids, the house, the this, the this, the this. And he didn't like that I had a voice when he came back. Mm. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. That's yeah. not that's not accurate. No. And then she said, you took my voice away yeah. when we were married and I got it back when right. you were away. And he said, nope. You gave your voice away. Yeah. And we paused it, you guys, and had like a 30-minute conversation. Yeah. Because that's how we watch television. And I was like, you know, that's the thing is more women need to hear that. More women are willing to compromise what they're looking for in a relationship because you get one guy who might be hot. You think that maybe the relationship could last. And let's be real. When you're dating, you go in willing to compromise. Oh, mm -hmm. I don't think he likes this, so I won't do this. Right. right? And both people are trying to, I want to say, test each other. To see what you can and cannot get away What part of the real with. you will actually work in this relationship? Well, that's not even, I think, what happens. <laughs> I think you go in and you're testing the waters to see, can I get away with this? Can I not? Right? Well, I, the reason why I said, and, and that's what I'm saying, like, I think two people come together and, like, we've talked about this before, early in our relationship. Where you, you date and mm -hmm. there's a facade, there's a right. perfect image You send image your representative. Yeah, you send your representative mm -hmm. and your representative brings all the good qualities that everyone would want in a mm -hmm. relationship. And I think slowly you peel back. Mm -hmm. to, get you, to, the to, to get to the real you. And I think you test that to see, will she allow me to speak to her like this? Right. Will she allow me to do this in our relationship? Do you think that's why our relationship has worked and been healthy? Because we didn't ever have that. Right. <laughs> no. Like we were co-workers. We worked together. You got transferred. We were friends. I saw like the real you. You saw the right. real me. And actually, just for the record, I've probably said this in all 67 episodes, but I was not interested in Eddie. That's a lie. And okay. then that is a lie. <laughs> you know, that is the truth. And then you came to me and your selling point, because you sold right. me back to sales, right? You sold me when I said, no, I wouldn't go out with you. You said, listen, here's why this would be a great fit. And I was like, who the fuck does he think he is, right? <laughs> And he said, I know the real you. You've never had to fake, you know, anything in front of me. You've been a bitch when you're a bitch. I know how you interact with people. I know how you are when you're happy, when you're sad, whatever. And that's why it will work because you've never had to fake anything in front of me. And I've never done that with you. And I was like, who does he think he is? And I swear I couldn't stop thinking about that when you were done. I was like, God, that would be really freeing to not have to go on some shitty date with someone and like pretend to be nice and pretend like you could just like you already know me right, right? yeah and i do you think that's why our relationship yeah, has worked it, i think we we had a chemistry without the fake mm -hmm. we, we had a chemistry in an environment where i think we were able to see each other at our best mm -hmm. but also we were able to see each other in, in vulnerable situations right and i think that that is what makes it work but i also think what makes it work too is that you had had relationships before 
where maybe and I don't know what you could talk tell us whether you not you set boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like you had a problem setting boundaries with me. No, not at all. Right. And as a matter of fact, the one boundary that we had a conversation about that I refused to not tolerate, like if you couldn't adhere to this, then it was a deal breaker for me, which was you can't control anything that I do and I can't control anything that you do, but you have to be fully in control of your responses. Right. So if you come home and you're upset, something makes you mad and you fly off at the handle, the rule was be responsible for yourself. Don't ever do some shit to me that you have to apologize for. Right. That was the rule. Yeah. And I agreed to do the same. I will never do anything to you deliberately or maliciously that I have to apologize for. Because to me, that exercises- Especially out of an emotional spike. Right. That exercises the biggest lack of self-control in a person, in a human that I can't tolerate. And I think when you don't, do that, or when people do do that, they fly off the handle and they say it deteriorates trust. Right. But how did you feel when I established that boundary? Because that has since then become a rule that we've lived our entire marriage on. Well, I think, again, it goes back to the fact that we knew each other Mm -hmm. to a certain extent where I think you knew kind of my my disposition in a sense. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not a person that flies off the handle and says crazy things. But people do crazy things when they're in love and I knew you'd fall in love with me. And and, and so, (laughs) but I I didn't have a problem because we we established it not in an, an, after an argument. Hide it. Right. We we established it in a level set Mm -hmm. manner. Right. Right. And I think, I think, I don't think I verbalized my like boundaries Mm -hmm. But I think you knew I was a person that was like I had moral a moral compass, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think my morality of like, hey, I don't steal, steal I don't you lie. know lie, mm-hmm. I don't. If there's you know money on the table, I, I, I'm gonna like, hey, is this yours? Right, <laughs> like right. that was all new for me. I'm just gonna tell you, I came from Carson. <laughs> I did not grow up like that. You right. find something that's yours. Sorry for you. <laughs> and I had to make an adjustment. And you know what's interesting? This is a, a moment I want to brag about you for a little while because maybe I don't get the chance to do that often. So let's see if you blush. But I'm working with a coach right now. And the coach asked me, who are you most inspired by? And mm-hmm. I said, my husband. Oh. And he said, why? I said, because he has made me a better person. And he said, in what way? I said, well, I don't steal things. And I'm super honest. I've always been really honest, like brutally, but you make me honest when like it actually counts. You know what I mean? So you do. You inspire me to be a better person. And I don't know. I might have wound up in jail or something. (laughs) I don't know. I grew up differently. Right, right. You know, I just did. I didn't grow up with that moral compass of like, hey, look around if you find money on the floor because it might belong to someone now I can proudly say that that's like in me, it's innate for all of us, but most importantly, our kids. Yeah, and I it brings it'll... me so much joy to watch them. Like if they saw you, you, the listener, walk past our house and pick up a $100 bill and not try to find out whose it was, they would talk so much shit about you. <laughs> they would be like, what kind of person does that? How right. dishonest. Oh my God, they're going to get in a car accident. That's karma. Like they yeah. would be so appalled. And that brings me so much joy. And I have you to credit oh, that you. too. It, you know, what's funny, I'm trying to remember, I think there was a moment where that like morality came up. I think it, and it wasn't like a, anything gre- like egregious, like mm-hmm. you're going to steal something, but yeah, it was no. like, for the record, oh, I don't. 
this, ever still. This price is not the right. It was something right. like that. Like, uh, and it was yeah. like, no, I think we should tell them that that's right. right. I was like, no, it's marked. They have to give it to me. And he was like, how about you just pay the price? And I was like, what is this world? Where do you come from? Like everybody so wants funny. to get over at some point. Right. And I was yeah. like, oh, Eddie doesn't. Well, you know, so that's and, a fun fact about yeah. me. I mean, honestly, the boundary that you set was morality, mm-hmm. honestly. Right. And the boundary I set was like what I won't tolerate. I will not tolerate you disrespecting me. I won't tolerate you saying foul shit to me to where you think you have to apologize because I won't accept but your you apology. Also, you, didn't, you also set a boundary around that you wanted me to be reaching for more. Yeah, right. I did. And so me playing video games, and that was not out. try like go, huh? <laughs> that was out. Yeah, going try, trying to get really like you know seeking comfort, mm-hmm. right? I football think, on the couch on yeah. Sundays. I think that that was. I think it over time mm-hmm. you said uh, this is a boundary we need to kind of reset, right? right? Because I had kind of went full force. I mm-hmm. mean, I had the whole four hundred and fifty dollar fucking nfl package yeah Yeah. and so i think that was was clear for me but i think that's why this is so important because i think people who are listening to this either you're in a relationship or maybe you're starting a relationship or maybe you've been in a relationship for so long and you really don't have clear boundaries and expectations that you vocalize not in a heighted argument and you're you know telling someone how much they pissed you off But in a way where you're saying, I just want to let you know, like, this is my boundary here. Right. Right. Well, do you remember, though, I remember Jasmine, our oldest, she was probably in fourth grade and it had come out that someone was like, I don't want to say bullying her, but just like not treating her the best at school. And I remember sitting her down, having a conversation saying, it is your responsibility to teach people how to treat you. Right. Right. And this is what I mean by that. If you don't stand up to these little girls, then they will continue to disrespect you. If you don't teach people what you'll tolerate and what you weren't, what you won't, then there's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. And the issue that we couldn't figure out, she was like a foot taller than everybody. (laughs) Right. So I was like, if she only knew her strength, if she only knew her power, but that has become a lesson that we've tried to instill in all three of our daughters. You teach people how to treat you. Yeah. So that's the title of this episode. And we want to give you some tools to be able to do that because I think it's important, not just in relationships, like with the tiny and TI going back to that, he said, you gave up your voice. Right. You made a choice to be in a relationship with me, knowing that that was the kind of woman that I wanted. You didn't have to be that woman. Right. You forfeited whatever voice you thought you wanted or had or whatever in order to be with me. I didn't take that from you. And I want you to catch that because no one that you're in a relationship with is taking anything from you. You're just relinquishing Mm -hmm what you expect. You're relinquishing yeah. your expectations. You're relinquishing what and you want. people will, will happily take it oh, because they get the more of what they want and then you get deprived of what you want and then you get into the situation where I, you do turn into the victim. Mm-hmm. You, you forget that you gave it away. Right. You forget that you made so many compromises yep. that they weren't mo- mo- longer compromises I think you said it best. You relinquished your power yep. and you gave it to that person. And now that person has it. And they're like, why would I let go of this? Right. This is a great situation. I get to do what I want to do. Right. And I don't have to worry about you saying anything about it because I have that power. You gave it to me. Yep. And I think that that, it, it, and I think when you reclaim it, 
that's where it gets difficult. Right. And people start going, wait a second, what are you what are you saying now? Right. Like they're not the, the victim. Right. You gave it up. And yeah. so when people go to reclaim it, they don't reclaim it in the right way. They reclaim it as if you stole it from right. me. They should she should have reclaimed it as in like, hey, when we got together, I took a backseat to your career. I decided that it was best for me to raise the kids. When you were gone, I stepped back into my power, the power I knew I always had, (laughs) and I'm not willing to let it go. He might've been turned on by that shit, right? right? And he may have said, that's not gonna work. Right. And I think that what- That would have been him establishing a boundary, right? right? So when we talk about boundaries, I think it's important for you to understand, like you're always- compromising or accepting or tolerating something and someone is always doing the same of you. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that what you're saying is sometimes it's implicit. Right. Like you allow behaviors to continue Mm -hmm. and persist. Like I know we've, you know, you can have friends that, you know, significant other has a very bad drinking problem or, and you've tolerated it. You've tolerated Like it started off maybe in social gatherings Mm -hmm. and then it turned into, Oh, they drink, uh, you know, on a Friday a night. Pint yeah, and every then all, day. And then all of a sudden, it's oh, they drink beer every day. And I remember, and this is a good example. I remember when I started to drink a beer every night. Mm-hmm. What I and, say to you? And then you said, oh, "I forgot." You said, something. "I said, are you going to be an alcoholic?" Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, "Honey, it's one beer." I said, "Yeah, but one beer every single night, every single time you're sitting on the couch, every single day. That to me seems like a habit." Yeah, and then it made me think like. Uh, yeah, I I guess you're right. Right. And then I said, and if you ever send one of our kids outside to get a beer out of the fridge for you, I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) Kids should not go fetch alcohol for their parents. And 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 now being 40 years old, like that is clear to me that that was an important part of our relationship Mm -hmm. because it, it stopped me from going down a path that could have been dangerous. But it also, it made me think like, wow, okay, like, yeah, that's a problem. Well, I'm not I valued continue. different things, I think, than right. you did. And together we came together and said, oh, right. that's a cool value. I might want to adopt that. Right. right. And so by me setting boundaries, by you setting boundaries, it made us better people. So back to Mike and Heather, yeah. he said, you know, I, I jumped over on her side and I never looked back. And he said, most of my buddies are still single and they do things that single dudes do. And I don't even want to hang out with them because we're different. Right. right. And so the thing is, is he said, why would I not choose her? She makes me a better person. Mm. And they do kind of remind me based on what he said, you know, they do kind of remind me of us. So we thought that the Mike and Heather episode would be great for tonight or today, whenever you're (laughs) listening to it, we're recording it at night because maybe you're not in a relationship. Maybe you're not in a marriage. Maybe it's you have a coworker, let's say that's consistently taking credit for your ideas or your accomplishments Mm -hmm. at work. And you are just too timid to speak up or say anything. That is a specific example of how you are teaching them that it is okay to steal your shit. Yeah. And it's almost like- Not up in here, sis. And it's almost like you cannot rely on people to be always great. Right. So remember, there's a consequence to everything in life, right? There's a consequence if I don't stand up to the fact that you just tried to take something from me, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a consequence if I do. This is not something I will tolerate. That could mean that a relationship is severed or strained or something. That's okay. I'll take that consequence all day because you're not stealing nothing from me (laughs) that I value. Right. And I think that's so important 
you know, whether it be in the workplace or in a relationship, mm-hmm. I think people are so fearful of losing their relationship, not thinking about the fact that if I compromise this, I will be in, in a horrible relationship for the next 10 to 15 years right. because I sacrifice too much or my career is not going to reach its potential because I allowed someone else to take it. Right. Here's another example of a boundary. If you consistently let someone be rude to you, take you for granted, disrespect you, mm-hmm. right? That's going to continue. Yeah. It's it just like stop. a green light for the person to keep going. Doesn't make them an abuser. It makes you a tolerator, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the question is, is when is that, when is that scale tip? Like okay. When do you become a person that is enabling someone versus someone that is actually abusing you? Well, I think they're red flags. Yeah. Everybody okay. knows what a red flag is. You can feel it. You try to avoid it. You act like it's not there, but you know it's there. Yeah. But so what maybe people, the first what, time know, what it's do? avoidance, right. right? And then the second time, it's I think it's God's way of saying, bitch, I showed you this. <laughs> Are you going to pay attention I've to this one? I've identified that right. you're married to the devil. I, and so Maya Angelou says, people will show you who they are. You have to listen. Yeah. Right? And I think that has been one of the greatest life lessons that I've had. We talked before about this boyfriend that I had that was a lot older than me. That one time we got into a heated argument and he literally said, do you know how many women would die to be in your shoes? Yeah. And I was like, excuse me, what? Right. And he was like, you know, you live in a beautiful home, you have this and, you know, basically this life he thought he gave me. And I was like, immediately after that, I shut down and this person that I loved that I thought I was going to marry. I was like, I have to get out of this. Like literally right there. I knew. Right. And I cried the rest of the night and he tried to apologize for two weeks and I had to slowly move out. And it was this massive thing because I think people don't understand that when you break up with someone you love, that is painful. Right. But I had to break up with him because it was a red flag that I could not avoid. I, I immediately. Just, I'm so, I just don't know how you wait, do that. I saw my life flash in front of me. I saw myself with two kids. I saw myself fighting in a custody battle for him with him against my kids, you know, for mm. my kids. I saw literally it was so vivid that this guy, obviously that's something that someone that has control would say. You think that because I moved into your house that you asked me to move into that happens to be a $4 million house, you think you can hold that over my head? Imagine what you'd hold over my head 10 years from now, two two kids in, and maybe you're the breadwinner because you wanted me to stay home with the kids or something. Like I just saw my whole life being taken away from me and I didn't want it. So I had to leave somebody I cared about because it was a red flag for me, non-negotiable fucking deal breaker. (laughs) I'm going to be miserable and you're going to take my kids away from me. Right. We were nowhere near having kids, but we were talking about a future. Right. 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 And so that was one of the lessons that I had brought into our relationship. You say some foul shit to me, I'm out. (laughs) Period. Well, because he, I know that I could do it. Like right. I know that I'm capable of right. leaving you no matter how much I love you. You say some foul shit to me, I'm out. Yeah, and I think that to me, I, I thought I think that's powerful. And I think that there's so many women, particularly, mm-hmm. that are in relationships wishing they did that. And I hope and, and pray my daughters have yeah, that. Yeah, and I think that 
what people have to realize is when people show you who they really are, you cannot mistake their apology as the real them. Yep. Right? The the apology is apologizing for who they really are. Yeah. Right? Because they found out, oh, you don't really like that. Right. You have a problem with that. So let me apologize and cover it up. But don't think it's not going to come back around right. in okay. a different version. So I'm glad you said that. So here's what happened. I went. I was living with him for over a year and a half. We were talking about getting married. I was basically a stepmother. And when that happened, it was not the first time, but it was some. That was the biggest one. Right. So that was like my Angelo. She told me if he shows you, then you better act on it. If not, that's your problem. Don't cry about it. Right. right? And I had to act on it. You helped it. create the person. So I at told. That point. I slept in the other room that night. He was knocking on the door. He was like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean it." And I'm, I'm telling myself, "Bitch, yes, you did. Like yeah. I know that you meant that. You're apologizing because you see that it's affecting the harmony in our relationship. Right. But if I would have let it slide, you wouldn't be apologizing. Right. So I slept in the other room. Next day, when he went to work, I packed my shit. So he leaves a note on the kitchen counter with all kinds of roses, you know, please, I'm sorry, don't blow this up. I am not, don't try to make it look like I am being dramatic about this. You said some foul stuff and I can't tolerate it, right? So then the, in the note says, if this doesn't work, you know, I'll come up with something better. Well, you better keep trying. So I left. <laughs> Next day, I come back the entire living room full of roses, full of roses. I cried because that was the nicest thing someone has ever done to me. I'm really sorry. I love you. Da, 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 da. Next day, it says, if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'll do. I'll plant, I'll buy a tree or something. Next day, show up to get the rest of my belongings. There was a tree in our vaulted living room, a tree. Mm -hmm. And I was just like so torn and sad because like you're going through all this you're trying to keep me i know you see the value in me i know you must love me that tree's really expensive how did did you hire a crew to bring in a tree like yeah. you went through you pulled no stops right i wait. left wait i left and i remember the next day i tried to go back to get my remaining things and he changed the locks on me that motherfucker changed the locks and was like, nope, this shit's mine. And I go, wait, what are you talking about? My stuff is in there. He goes, call the cops. Nope, you don't want to be with me? Well, you don't get your stuff. And I was like, oh, I started laughing. I was like, I knew it, you slimy MF. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And he was like, nope, you don't want to be irrational? Then I'm going to be irrational too. And it was like, thank God. Yeah. It was like the validation that I needed that didn't take away the pain or the heartbreak right. or the disappointment. But it was like, thank you, Jesus, for making him show me who he was, because that was all I needed. And What's then so funny is well, I'll let you finish that because I have just a thought. Last thing, my friend Julian Montgomery, I grew up with him. He told me I remember crying to him on his living room floor. And he said, how much stuff do you think you had in his house? I said, probably like, I don't know, $6,000 worth of furniture and stuff. And he goes, well, I think it's a bargain. Look at it this way. It costs you $6,000 to get that asshole out of your life. I think that's a bargain. <laughs> yeah. And I was so cured after that. I yeah. was like, 
wow, again, fast forwarding, thinking like, how much does a divorce cost? What does it cost if I have to fight for my kids and hire an attorney? And, you know, and I think it was the biggest, one of the biggest lessons in my life. Julia Montgomery told me what a bargain. That's awesome. And, you know, if it cost me six grand and I got you, I'm winning. (laughs) So that's, that's a fantastic story. But what's interesting is he used what he threw in your face mm-hmm. to try to keep against you. me. No, to try to keep you. Okay. Think about it like this. I he said, how many women would want to be in your situation? Right. You got this house. Let and me so give he, her all the stuff. Let me throw more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the things I think keep her in this relationship right. or have a certain level of control. Mm-hmm. And I think that like throwing the materialistic things mm-hmm. and the, you know, mm-hmm. going all mm-hmm. above and beyond. Which is just more of that, but mm-hmm. a different version. Right. You're right. Right. And so and it's hard to see when you're in that situation because mm-hmm. you think it, there's a lot of emotion. But when you step back and you look at it, and, and this is for everyone listening to the podcast, if you're in a relationship where you didn't create clear boundaries and, and you feel like the relationship is toxic, and every time that person does something that you know you don't want to tolerate, but you tolerate, mm-hmm. watch how they apologize because mm-hmm. they'll apologize in the same way that they hurt you. Mm, that's right? hard to digest. And I think that that is so important because if I did anything to hurt you, mm-hmm. that like you know that I would try to apologize in a way that I feel it's the most sincere. I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to try to manipulate you mm-hmm. by apologizing in a way that 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 distracts you from what I did. Right. Well, you're a good apologizer. But but that's the thing, like. But that's what people need to realize is I think sometimes people are in these relationships where people are being manipulated and people are using a, just a, a different version of the same tactic mm-hmm. to keep people in the same in that relationship. Well, you got me good with that because that's been 20 years and I haven't like considered that. But yeah, you're right. He did use that. But then I feel like he completely flipped it on me and used it against me. Right. right? Oh, all the love I had for for you, now it's gone and I'm a monster because you're not giving me what I want. It showed me exactly how selfish you were. Right. It showed me exactly what your true colors are, right? So some ways to kind of like detect this, I think first of all, your feelers. Like you can tell if someone is disrespecting you or belittling you or taking advantage of you or manipulating you, you know it in your gut, but oftentimes women in particular, we turn a blind eye, we act like we don't see it. I'm just gonna tell you, fine, first time, shame on shame on the person, shame on the situation. Second time that shit comes up and you turn another blind eye, I hope you get smacked upside the head <laughs> because you can't keep turning a blind eye. Yeah, That's yeah, the point, right? Yeah. So people, when they show you who they are, you have to listen. Yeah, and I think you have to do it in a way that's really clear. Because I think the times that we have had conversations where you were like, you know, creating a, a boundary, or mm-hmm. I think you were really clear. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm not that, emotional, right? It crying, wasn't like irate. why are you doing that? It, it yeah. wasn't like sparking an argument, mm-hmm. right? And I think people go at it like, oh, I have to confront this, so I got to armor up, right. and I got to come up with it with with this with this intensity mm-hmm. so that this person knows that I'm serious. Right. It's a lot of times it's the, it's the monotone, like, Hey, are you really going to drink every day? Like that's <laughs> something that, like, <laughs> that got well, you good. You know, I'm like, I think I, I even made that face like, uh, no. <laughs> Is this <laughs> not acceptable? Right. But you know, you, you, we, we've talked about like friends that you have that have like, these things have gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. And so, 
And it started small and it got bigger. So here's what I want to give you. I want to give you the fact that it's not your fault. Yeah. So there should be no blame that you place on yourself unless internally you say, I knew that I should have not turned my back to this, right? I right. knew that I should have addressed this. Okay, well, guess what? You're where you're at now, so you need to address it. There needs to be a verbal- But you can't overcorrect. You can't, right? But you made me lose my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is, it's like, I was going down line, like, if if you- it's not your fault. It was but about you blame. It's yeah. not your fault, but it's your responsibility to course correct. Yeah. Right. And you're right, though. If I let you disrespect me, if I let you abuse me, if I let you hit me, why are you laughing? You look like you're smirking, like you no. do that to me all the time or something. Yeah. <laughs> help, <laughs> if I let help. you do that stuff to me, I can't just one day be like, you know what? This doesn't work for me. I mean, I guess you can. That's bad advice. No, you, but you can. can. You can. I think you can draw a line in the sand and you can say, I haven't said this and I've stood with this for too long. Right. But I need you. But you also have to understand, like you mentioned, there is now a consequence that the right. relationship may be over. Exactly. And we know of a he relationship might your ass. Is that we will not name any names. Okay. But y- you, you know, uh, you, you've experienced it just from close proximity that a person was treated poorly mm-hmm. and over time started to overcorrect it and start, you know, really like responding in the same type of veracity as that person. Mm-hmm. And so I think what happens is, you allow your wife to talk to you crazy. You allow her to talk to you crazy. Mm, you allow her to talk to you crazy. You now. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you say, fuck that. And now you, instead of drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, we're not going to have a relationship where we talk mm-hmm. to each other like this. You just start responding. You start that, matching their you tonality. You start matching that mm-hmm. person. And now you have this awful, toxic, toxic relationship. stressful. Because you're trying to overcorrect mm-hmm. the problem that you just never really set the boundary around. Yeah. We know these people, guys. They're close <laughs> to us. And it, and it happens quite often, yeah, I will just say. So, I mean, this episode is titled, like, you know, how to draw a line in the sand, how to teach people how to treat you. I think the first thing comes down to, like, you know when something's wrong. Right. You know when it doesn't feel good and you need to be able to advocate for yourself, right? But I do think it's important, like Heather and Mike's relationship. She said, here's the deal. You want to be on this side? You want to be on Team Heather? Um, There can't be any side chicks. That's just the way I roll. So you got to decide. If that's something that you can't get with, I totally understand. Stay on that side of the line. I thought that was really awesome. And I feel like more women should have the power to know that they can do that because it would weed out so many idiots, (laughs) right? Or if they're like smooth talkers, they'd be like, ah, nah, baby, you know, you're the only one, right? And then you see their true colors come out eventually. Well, it's so funny because I was talking to a friend and, you know, just asking them how things were going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, yeah, I'm dating a couple people. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And then someone asked, like, you know, do they know that, that, just, that you're dating just, a couple dating of people? Them, uh-huh. Or are they looking at it being serious? He goes, ah, I think one of them, you know, thinks it's serious. And, I, and, and now as you say that, I think, well, how vague is that? Right. Like, when does it turn into this is a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. and we're going to, it's just going to be me and you. And then what needs to be said? And oftentimes nothing is said. It's just nope. assumed. And yeah. that person's like, oh, I thought we were just dating. Like, I didn't right. know. I went on another date and, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> Or like you see me out, not you and me, but like if the girl saw him and he was like, oh, hey, hey, 
Desiree, what's going on? What's going on? I, Who's that? Oh, this oh, is Nicole. Yeah. And she thinks nothing of it. <laughs> what's your problem? And you're problem? over here tripping because there was no established boundary. And right? I think people think once we sleep together, that's that's it. We should be together. And people are like, oh, no, I thought that was just part of the, right. the process. I thought just, that's what you do when you're single. Dating, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, is you got to start with yourself. I think that you need to establish boundaries for yourself. Yeah. With your happiness, mm -hmm. with, you know, what you're looking for in a future relationship with yourself. Another thing I just want to say to the ladies out there and men, please don't stay with someone because you're in love with their potential. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see that this mm. person could be a great such Because you put such, up with anything right? at that point. Oh, <laughs> my God. And you just sit there and take on the lifelong challenge of trying to groom somebody. Right. And I'm just going to tell you, it is hard enough to raise children, let alone try to raise a husband. That is not something that is sexy. And uh, I don't want that. I don't right. want to be your mom. Yeah. I don't want to have to teach you that kind of stuff. Right. And I think... Have you been with somebody else that has established boundaries? Would you say prior not like, to me? Not, not, not like, not like you. No, I think. <laughs> well, you just painted me uh, to be uh, some no, big no rule but maker. I, but you know, I as we were talking about it, I was reflecting on mm -hmm. that, and I was just like, "Wow, my wife has been really good." And there were boundaries that I needed, right? right? Because I think that in any relationship, someone's going to have a clearer picture of what they want in life mm -hmm. than the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think I was pretty young when we mm -hmm. first got married. I was very young when I first had kids. And I think that there was a moment of being lost of what I wanted. Right. And when you don't know what you want, you can't establish a, a standard or mm -hmm. values that will help you get there. Right. Right. And I think that you had some understanding of your values and some standards that you wanted mm -hmm. and or you had a vision of a husband that you wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where your, your the boundaries come, come from. But I think that people get into relationships quite often and they don't know what they really want. Mm -hmm. And so they're willing to put up with anything because they're just confused. Right. Right. And I think that when you're confused and you don't know what you want, eventually you put up with things that you probably don't mm -hmm. really want. Well, you don't stand for something, you fall for everything, right? right? And it was interesting because Mike said he has sisters and his sister said, if I, you know, I think he's trying to teach her how to manifest her perfect man and set standards and boundaries for herself. And she said, if I were to, you know, make a list of everything I wanted a man to do or not do, I'd wind up with slim pickings kind of thing, Right. And I'm like, well, that's one way to look at it, but it's also a shortcut to cutting all the bullshit out, yeah, that's right? True. And so I'm willing to take that route. Like I'm willing to be single for a while and not tolerate a bunch of BS just for the sake of like, oh yeah, we went out, I'm keeping busy because just, I think there's standards, right? right? Yeah, and I think when you have standards, they're clear. I think you protect your own mental health. I mm -hmm. think you protect the relationship and the quality of the relationship. And I think that you can establish a clear communication that says, hey, this is what I would like to see out yeah. of our relationship. And I think that that is extremely healthy. And, you know, I, I, God, we can talk about this for hours on yeah. end because I think the whole boundaries things can go into many par parts of your life. But I And think I think it's, it's important to model how you want to be treated. Right. Like, I don't expect you to ever yell at me. I don't yell at you. Right. Right. I can I can think of the last time you upset me though, and it's kind of funny. We were laying in bed. It was like eleven thirty at night. We were getting ready to go to sleep, 
And Jordan said, you guys want to watch a Marvel movie? Oh. And I wanted to gouge my eyeballs out <laughs> before I wanted to watch a movie at 1130 at night, right? Mm-hmm. Like a Marvel movie at that, that's like two hours like and 15 minutes, right? And so I literally turned to you, I rolled over and I said, the last thing I want to do on the planet is spend a few hours watching a Marvel movie. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. And Jordan came into the room and you said, get in the bed, babe. And she got in bed. And I love when Jordan is in our bed. Yeah. I love watching shows with her, but I didn't want to watch a fucking three hour movie at 1130 at night. And I looked at you several times and you let it go on and on. And I was boiling and I watched the whole fucking movie and I counted all my blessings and I was really happy. And I gave Jordan a kiss goodnight when it finally ended at 3 a.m., And then I turned to you and I said, that was real fucked up what you just did. (laughs) Right? Uh And I was like, don't ever do that shit again. Like you did not, you completely disregarded everything I said. What'd you say? I mean, it wasn't an argument. We were very quiet, right? (laughs) Right before bed. Yeah. I said, it's like you just completely disregarded all the social cues I sent you. I mentioned it to you. I was very clear in my communication. What went wrong? And I don't even know. You're looking at me crazy right now. I'm not looking at you crazy. I was so pissed at you. But did I yell at you? No, no. And it, I still kissed you goodnight. <laughs> and I told you, like I said, I apologize and said I misread that. Like I thought. That- misread? <laughs> what? I- you might have misread a subtitle, but you didn't misread what the hell boundary I tried to set that you ran all past. <laughs> Anyways. Right. right. But our yeah, marriage survived. <laughs> we survived. Right. We survived. But, um, you know, I, I think that is what this episode is about. It's about clear communication. It's about clear communication. When someone violates, a, boun- when someone violates a, b- a boundary, doesn't mean they're an awful person. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they are Satan. And you don't but do it, it means, often. But it's but it's your responsibility. It was your responsibility to reaffirm hey, to that say, hey, fly. you violated my boundary that right. I that I set and you disregarded how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah, you're right. right. And, and and you know, I apologize, it won't happen again. Right. And I think that being in a relationship where you can have those things, it, we're yeah. not gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, there are gonna be things that you say, I didn't like that. Right. You know, Why did you And do I that? think you misread. I don't know yeah. what you I don't know what or how, but I think you wanted to enjoy a movie and I just was like, and, take and that I, shit in the living but room. I was not, then. I wasn't yeah, I didn't have I wasn't exercising great awareness. Right. You were that, not. <laughs> but I still time. love you. So but, I hope this episode served you guys. I right. mean, it's really just about if that coworker at work is driving you crazy, if someone's being disrespectful, just know that it's your responsibility to advocate for yourself. It's your responsibility to stand up for yourself because you are showing people how to treat you. 100%. And the more that you tolerate, the more that you allow, the more that is causing discomfort or stress, you are enabling the behavior until you're willing to advocate for your sanity, for your safety, whatever it is that you need. So don't be a victim here. You've got to accept some of the responsibility. Don't blame yourself, but accept the responsibility, make a change, advocate for yourself, draw a line in the sand, like Heather said, and decide what the hell side you want to be on. So thank you so much to Mike and Heather for inspiring this episode. If you have something that you would like 
to share with us that, you know, might get some of our juices going for another podcast episode, please. That's the best place to put it in a damn review. <laughs> Leave a five-star review. Tell us a topic that you'd like us to cover. And we're happy to shout you out. Happy to have a conversation. Yeah. Till the next time. Push put, through. There you go. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through